0: Rebuild or the favorites, we here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side, not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams, both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball, but we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah, <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Rig or Ganty, so the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move, discussions and interviews. Straight rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah, this is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy yeah every season they get all changed. take me out to the bar game this is what you are waiting for yeah. what you for you can put it on a boy yeah every season they get all changed. take me out to the bar yeah this is what you are waiting for this what you for you can put it on a boy yeah put on every season
1: What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, January 12th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Zawoski, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. Father Zoe. Uh, with me, as always, Mr. Aldo. Oh, no. Oh, <coughs> no. We are Aldo list this week. Aldo is down in Mexico, uh, enjoying a little son, a little family, taking a little me time. Rumor has it that he's out hitting the clubs with Nick Madrigal, who was your starting second baseman for Team Mexico in the World ba- Baseball Classic. Um, so, Almost like
2: George Costanza in that uh, episode where he's trying to teach Danny Tartable how to swing. Yep. I mean, they're, they're, both, they're, they're both about that, to uh, sit.
3: They're both about the oh, same height.
1: Fids. Fids went there.
3: I did. I couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. That's
1: well, that's good. a good Reverend K. Fids.
3: <laughs> Much taller in person, right? We talked about that. I, you know, yep. we, uh, Zoe and I are fresh off of finding out who is on White Sox Twitter, has, uh, is vertically blessed and vertically challenged. Uh, we're we're so. going to talk
1: about that. And we, the, about uh, who can play
3: basketball. we can put basketball teams together
1: through the White Sox Twitter. The very disappointing height of NASCAR Mitch. <laughs> Very no average. By Dude, the way. I I swear to you, I thought, yeah, as Fids, I was like, I think Mitch is like 6'1. He's like, uh, You I don't want to ask if him. Right
2: shoes on, I can be close mm-hmm. to six foot. Like, yeah. I'd be like a quarterback, six feet tall, where they always like, like Baker Mayfield, they say is six feet tall. Like,
1: no, he's not. But what, what shoes? Like the Spice Girl shoes? Like,
2: yeah, if I had like the high top basketball shoes, I think I can be six. Feet.
0: All
1: right, fair enough. You <clears throat> get those that. like. Those really yeah, thick souls. That, yeah. Um, so we are in the dog days of off-season podcasting here, folks. So we appreciate you guys <coughs> joining us on the live show. Um, please get in that comment section, leave comments. We're gonna be feeding off a lot of that. Uh, we do have some baseball stuff to talk about. Um, I want to talk about there's some White Sox trade rumors flying around. Uh, We're going to get into the more serious kind of sad stuff right off the bat just to kind of get that out of the way because it's very important. And, I mean, obviously we need to address it. And then I want to talk a little bit about the World Baseball Classic as the lineups are starting to come out. Um, And then, yeah, me, Fids is a fucking ninja and surprised the shit out of me this weekend. So we'll talk about that. And we'll just kind of see where the wind goes. So with all that being said, Let's tap this kite. Uh, As always, this show is brought to you by Sports Mockery, sportsmockery.com. Make sure you download the app, turn on push notifications, so you can be the first one to know when the White Sox make a trade with the New York Yankees. like that foreshadowing. Um, Sports Mockery and sportsmockery.com. And also, make sure that you are supporting our other sponsor, uh, Uncle Buds. 90, I think it's 9700. I've been saying 96, 9700 South Cicero. It's just blacked down. You'll see the fucking sign. Uh, Uncle Bud's uh, make sure you're checking out some of the new food specials. I know they got bingo now. They got a a trivia night now. They got all kinds of crazy shit going on over there to get you in any day during the week or you can go watch the Coca-Cola 600 there because apparently I'm going to be sitting there with Mitch.
2: Yeah, Uh,
1: (laughs) We're going to get into that too. All right, so I don't want to be Buzz Killington, like, right out of the gate, but I feel like this is, like, the most serious part of the show. And then we could kind of, like, venture off into our normal nonsense. Um, I don't want to say sad news, because I don't really see it as sad. It's unfortunate. But if there ever was a motherfucker that cancer done fucked with the wrong person, it's this guy. Yeah, And if you don't know what we're speaking of, um, early Sunday evening, Liam Hendricks announced that he is beginning treatment uh, starting on Monday for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Kind of came out of nowhere. Liam put up a a really heartfelt three-part Instagram post about it um basically talking about how it was a surprise to him and how you know he's always overcome obstacles and if you look through his career he really has but we all know liam hendricks as this you know just madman on the baseball field but off the field he is an amazing humanitarian him and his wife do incredible work uh for different like a wide variety of organizations Uh, in the city of Chicago and really wherever Liam has stopped along the way, whether it be Toronto, Oakland, um, he leaves his mark with his wife. And, um, you know, he's – I've just always seen Liam Hendricks outside of the baseball diamond. It's just like a guy I'd always want to have a beer with. Like the way that, like, people, you know, sometimes – like when the Tampa Bay Rays wouldn't wear the Pride Night jerseys. Liam's out here wearing every color of the rainbow being like, I don't give a fuck. I accept everybody. Just – you know, and like kind of who he is. And that's kind of how I've always saw myself. So like, I've always related to Liam Hendricks. And yes, I know I've talked about trading him and shit. That's baseball. That is no indicative of him as the man. And so this news kind of came as a big shock to White Sox fandom. It, it rippled throughout baseball. We saw an insane amount of support, which again, speaks to the type of man he is, that all these other players jumped on social media to comment or tweet or whatever and say, you know, we're with you, Liam, you know, and all this stuff. And, um. yeah, I mean, our thoughts, you know, and are with Liam. And to be honest with you, I have one image in my head that since I heard the news, I can't get it out. You know, it's how, like, in those hospital, the cancer wards, like people ring the bell when their shit's in remission.
0: Mm -hmm. All
1: the picture is him just – almost ripping that fucking thing off the wall and then giving like a platinum double flex, Liam Hendricks, like, ah! you know, like that's the only image I have in my head. That's the only image I'm going to keep in my head. Like, and I think he'll get there now. How does this affect him? Baseball wise? We don't know. Liam doesn't. know. Doctors don't know. Nobody knows. Anybody that tells you they know, speculation, 100% speculation. What does it mean for the Chicago White Sox? Because, unfortunately, there is that part of this as well. I mean, it's a very real thing. I don't think we're being insensitive to bring that up at this point. We've kind of talked about this when we were talking about the possibility of trading Liam Hendricks. I think your closer is Raylo now going into the season. And this could all be a new point. Game one could come up. Liam could be cancer-free and ready to go. I don't see, really see that being heck fast but i'm just saying so it also explains some other things like why he wasn't traded and you know other inner workings and this is the type of shit we talk about all the time on the show as much as we're all think we're plugged in and have all these people like unless you're there you really don't know what's going on behind those closed doors and none of us knew no one in white Sox twitter knew no one in baseball knew jeff fasson didn't even know you know what i mean like no one knew So, yeah, I think it's – now you're looking, like we said, it's uh, possibly a Crochet, Raylo, Graveman kind of three-headed monster closer deal now for the White Sox. But most importantly, without a doubt, and I don't think I'm overstepping, and by saying I I feel like I speak for the show here, all we really give a fuck about is Liam Hendricks, the person, having the quickest, safest possible recovery – possible
3: you gotta it's such a proof that like life comes at you pretty fast i think sports actually in as a whole over the last like seven to ten days has had a rude awakening to the bigger picture of 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 what matters most with what happened with the uh in the in the bills uh Bengals game um and then obviously what happened um you know what's going on with liam too like and it just comes fast like you know one day before you're, you're you're debating Should you trade Liam Hendricks, and the next day you're you're wishing him well on you know, regardless of what the prognosis is, even if it's something to be you know considered to be at more of a minor early stage, it's still terrifying. That's it. it Come that this comes with the territory when when you know the to sit in a doctor's office having a doctor look across the table and tell you, look, you've got something that theoretically could end your journey, and that's a terrifying thing to kind of go through, and and you know, I think a lot of fans all of a sudden got to see a little bit more of the bigger picture. you know, what I've loved most is too, is across, across sports. You've seen this, you know, you start with the NFL, uh, when everything happened in that game and you saw it over the last couple of days, uh, after Hendricks made the announcement, the, the outpouring of support from all the franchises too, uh, the, the well-wishing from, from players, you know, there's players, you know, they might rival and they might beef all the time, but they do in the end, they do have an, a, a respect for each other as ball players across the board. And when they see one of their own, uh, you know, hit with something like this, you know, you melt away the facade and you go towards what really matters, which is he's a human being. who's going to be going through a a very tough fight, the quote unquote fight of his life, really, to be honest, at least up to this point. And, you know, it's been great to see a lot of the outpouring of support across the board, but it's also been really a good, a a, a poignant reminder that this stuff, we love it, but it ain't everything. It ain't everything. There's a bigger picture outside of the, uh, outside of the lines, uh, outside of the, you know, the dugout and in, in the real world. And so it's been, it's been a, been uh interesting
1: yeah
3: yeah
2: i mean it, it just goes to show i mean like you said cancer really doesn't discriminate because there's not many you're not it's you're gonna be hard pressed to find uh, a better person than liam Hendricks. i mean so you touched on it like immediately when he got here within his first couple of weeks he was already donating to like local fire like department day
1: like, like, like a couple like hours yeah dude, like he, he donated was,
2: meals, yeah. setting up visits at hospitals like the guy gets involved in the community he has his animal shelter thing and there's very few athletes and this is why i always like liam Hendricks because you always want an athlete that's going to speak their mind because a lot of the times they're coming up you're getting media trained you're not getting the an answer liam Hendricks, you can ask him anything whether it be about the clubhouse or the Tampa Bay Rays thing with the pride clubs. And he doesn't care. Like he'll give you like a straight answer, which is nice, but there's even fewer athletes that don't want only speak their mind, but are also pretty well-spoken and are pretty informed on a lot of the issues. Whether you agree or disagree with him, a lot of stuff, like he always has like well thought out answers for a lot. Of what he's saying. Um, he's not afraid to touch on stuff outside of the baseball field. So I, I do respect him for that because he will always give his uh, honest opinion. And most of the time he's not just talking out of his ass, like he has like well thought out points okay. when he's doing it. So I I always respected him for that. Um So it, it does suck, but it, like you said, if there was a guy that is going to beat it, like the way he attacks hitters, if he attacks the same way, cancer the same way, that it, it doesn't
3: stand a chance. So no, no. and I, you know I, what he's going to say to cancer once he beats it, right? Lot of, lot, a lot, yeah. lot of a lot of swear words. lot of swear words, lots of swear words. What did what, what he yell across the way when he came out? Oh, man. he's He's got a mouth. He's going
2: to. You know, yeah. it, mind you, now no, obviously no cancer. Like, you can't compare the two because everyone's different with how they react to cancer. But there is a blue, like, uh, John Lester had Don Hopkins' lymphoma during his rookie year. And the next year, he's pitching the World Series. And, you know, we talk about Trey Mancini a lot on the show. I mean, he was fighting for his life in 2020. And then the following year, he's hitting 25 bombs. So. It yep. can't be done. Hopefully, he's he's able to come back and uh, pick up right where he left off. Uh, once yeah.
1: And as Jack points out in the comments, they did re- uh, reveal that they did find it early. Mm-hmm. So that's a great sign. But one of the happier moments I'm going to have on this show is when we post a video of him pulling the bell off the wall, fucking double flexing, screaming, fuck you, cancer. Yep, I, I cannot wait. It's going to happen. I know it's going right. to happen. I can't wait for it. The dog.
3: Can't, the cancer's got. And
1: got, then. Yeah. Matched on this one. And then he's the dude that after this, he's going to just put all his effort into like. Helping other people get through it. Cause trust me, he knowing from past interviews, I'm feel pretty confident in saying he's well aware how fortunate he is to have like the wealth and the basically just things that he can turn to he's in a very fortunate situation mm-hmm. in that regards and he, I, he's going to know that not everyone's that fortunate he's going to uh, trust me mm-hmm. i have no doubt in my mind that fucking liam hendrix is going to go fucking ham with that. so and you see you see it too, see it too with
3: like i mean you mentioned john lester early anthony rizzo too those rizzo, guys yeah. all came and what they've done afterwards uh, again when you've stared down death and you've seen it and you become you realize all these things you become a better man um and then and, and those guys have been come they've been great men um what they've done to the community. I mean, but they also came back and and they're bigger picture guys, you know, and you don't want to really get too deep into applying a baseball standard to it. But these guys, you know, when they when they get on the other side of this, they're, they're changed. They're they're um the word I'm trying to think of is um uh, the it might kind of enlightened in a sense because they've seen something from a different pair of eyes for a second and and that makes a difference not just as a as a baseball player but as as a person that's around others. And can help uplift other other, other teammates and, and people around him. And like I said, you said he's going to be probably you know the hospital visits and the things that he's going to do outside of the off the field are going to be some incredibly uh, connection connecting kind of things with the community. It's going to be great.
1: So sorry to come out of the gates, Debbie Downer, but that's without a doubt the biggest story that's happening right now, baseball wise. So I feel felt like we should just kind of just knock that out before we jumped in i mean it, it was 15 minutes and i think we did a pretty good damn good job with it um topic number two why does beefloaf hate andrew vaughn that's I'm just i'm just kidding i'm fucking around but if you missed it and i feel like this is like something that we do on this show now is talk about like good podcasts or whatever we've heard during the week or shows because and we'll talk about 108 day later on but you gotta support your homies, man. It's we are p- very fortunate enough to be in this like awesome, awesome, awesome community of podcast ball content creators in Chicago baseball. And it wouldn't be awesome if everybody was a prick to each other. You know what I mean? Like everyone's really cool, doors open, we all do each other's shows, we all do all this other shit. Like it's just a cool community. And it was never more evident than it was on Saturday at 108 day. But like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, uh, beef's new show, the Ajus, is on Monday nights. You should definitely check that out. And again, like we said last week, it's allows him to just go into baseball purist mode. And this week he had Josh Nelson, another good buddy of our show from Sox Machine. And basically the topic of conversation was their concerns with Andrew Vaughn. Now, I listen to the show. You should all listen to the show. Very well thought out points. They came correct with graphs and fucking charts and all this other fucking shit. Like, I felt like I was in school watching. Dead serious. I felt like I was in fucking baseball school. It was awesome. It, and they're short, too. It's a, it's an hour show. They get straight to the degree. But it made me think. Cause I saw some of the fallout from it and I was reading some of the comments. I didn't get to watch it that night cause I'm, I'm sick this week. That's why my voice is kind of brutal. But um, I was reading the comments and it was like the next day. So like I couldn't jump in the comments or whatever. And I just felt like I wanted to talk about this part of this topic. There is a huge difference that people need to understand about being a fucking hater of a player versus being critical or concerned because you have statistic and analytical data to back it up. And that's what they came with. They they didn't show up on the show and they're just like, Oh fuck this guy he sucks. Period. End of story. No dude. Like Josh had a, like this chart from baseball savant that kind of looked like a veg, but it was cool. And like, it has like the magic mosaic. Counts. If you stand yeah. back and look at it
3: long enough, yeah. it slowly appears to be um, a clam.
1: Yeah. But like, it talked about different counts and the pitches he sees. And like basically that he still mashes fastballs like he did in uh, college, but he's still having trouble with sliders and moving shit. And like the deeper, the better he works counts, the better he sees his pitches. So he's got a better average, which is pretty baseball one-on-one, but it's very prevalent with Andrew Vaughn and uh, just, they broke it all down. So I just want to be clear though to people like when you're listening to us or any other show, do like a statistical breakdown or like just discussing a player. And and that's going to happen a lot in the off season. We are in the dog days of off season podcasting right now. And they did a great breakdown, but I see people, Oh, you just fucking hate Andrew Vaughn. or you're just Andrew Vaughn hater. And of course beef, being beef, he's like a fucking duck, man. He takes that shit just rolls right off his back. I feel like I get more fucking hot about that type of shit than he does when people are talking about him, but it's just, that's not the same. You know, And then it also, the other thing it made me think about, and this is, all right, I'm not talking about, yeah, beef does not give a fuck. <laughs> he just said it in the comments. He's like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Uh, but the other thing, and I think I've talked about this. Mitch, I think this was before you I brought this up. So I actually would like to hear your feelings on this. So another part of off-season shows, content especially as you get closer to the season, it, it seems to be everyone wants to play this fun game of who's going to progress and who's going to regress going into a season. Drives me absolutely fucking bananas. You can't predict that. No. The only thing you can predict is literally everyone. You could say that everyone is going to regress. If I just said everyone on the White Sox is going to regress a little bit, I'd probably bet 800. Because you don't know who's going to find that half an inch elbow movement and have like an amazing season this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. And it's just one of the things that drive me crazy. And I know there's numbers to back up people's like guesstimations on this type of shit and all this stuff. And I respect that. And I appreciate it. Like I just said with Andrew Vaughn, but like, I just feel like it's, it's such a safe thing to do for people. And I think it's bullshit. Like for me to sit here and be like, Luis Robert's probably going to regress a little bit this year. Getting a little, he's a little older, little injuries, you know, see that coming and then three months into the season when he's batting like two ticks lower than he was last year i can be like that's why i should listen to pinwheels i fucking called that shit it's like, Dude. <laughs> i mean you guys can tell me if i'm being fucking stupid but- well
2: no i i i know what you're saying oh, i would actually think from like a white Sox fan perspective considering how poorly they played as a whole last year that The bar's already been set like that for a lot of these guys. Like, Luis Robert was so bad down the second half of the year. Now, mind you, they the, the arm thing was part of it, but it's hard to see him regressing any less. So I would actually be on the opposite, where I would say a lot of these guys, uh, I mean, if I had to pay, I, it is stupid, like you said, you can't really project it, but um, I'm kind of optimistic. That team's too talented, like, talent's talent, and they like we know they have a lot of talent on that team. And despite how poorly they played last year, they still won 81 games. So, I would imagine that they can't all regress even further than they did last year. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. But it is stupid to project. I, I, I'm i with you on that end.
1: I just think it's lazy. I just think it's yeah. really lazy when someone, like, that's like your super hot take is like, this guy's going to request. Yeah, dude. Like, people don't get younger. You get older. And you get older, shit starts slowing down. A bit. But also, a lot of these are young prime athletes. Like, Like I said, it's like. Still- the arrow's yeah. still going this way, right? It's, it's right. They don't
3: need the Viagra just yet. They're, 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 they're but I'm just so saying, like,
1: what happens this offseason if, and I know I'm being very far fetched right now and I'm not predicting this at all, but like, when Sosa, let's say he moves his front foot in a little bit and closes his stance, and that's the fucking magic sauce that makes him a decent second baseman in Major League Baseball. You know, it's just little shit like that. And baseball is such a game like that, right? It's a game We're, of adjustments. It's a game yeah. of
3: adjustments and an off season is the time to adjust. This is it's again, even like when you talk about projections, these guys are working on what they struggled with all off season. They're using, uh, you know, they're doing the tea work and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're working in the cage and, and some of these guys, you have to understand some of these, the tech that some of these guys now have in their homes that they have in their cages, like in their backyard, they're able to work on specific um everything's. And so, they're out there working on those shortcomings. And so it's always an evolution for these guys. And especially when you got the younger players who have been exposed, we talk about the two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back. Now they get to this point. And I think that Andrew Vaughn, I think that, uh, I think that, uh, Luis Robert too. I think that uh, there are a bunch of guys in this white Sox roster that are now hitting that age where it becomes less the one step back and becomes more like two and a half steps forward, pause, two and a half steps forward, pause. And you see that evolution, Mitch said it good. This team's very talented, and these guys are going to make the jump. And so that's why, again, yes, you can project. Yes, you could be concerned with where where Vaughn struggled, yep. but you almost have to just sit and ride the roller coaster. Sorry about the enjoy the ride reference, guys. Um, but you do have to sit here and and, and ride this roller coaster a little bit to see what they got. You got to, you won't know until you know, and you won't know until they take the field in March in April and start actually playing meaningful games to see if they've made any improvement because the league knows what they can do. The league knows how to approach them. They've had a whole offseason to improve. So now everybody's coming out with a brand new fight style. And, you know, in that last season, you used, you know, Crouching Tiger. And this, 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 this season, you're going to be using, you know, Smoothie Steak or whatever. I don't know. Fuck. But you got to, you know, they've, you know, they've got to adjust. And that's what this, that's what, again, and you'll see it in spring training, what they're working on. And you're going to see them get them in, get them out, too. So, you know projections are one thing but you know the concern is always valid you don't have to be you know there's nothing wrong with being concerned with what they struggled with but you also got to take into consideration that this is the time that they're actually putting the type you know what they struggle with guess who else knows they do a lot more and they know exactly what's wrong so uh you know but like you said too some of these jump guys uh you know the younger guys you know and, and especially guys that are down on the farm those are the guys that really surprise you because you never know. Like a 19 year old kid could just turn into a 22 year old stud, even though he's only turning 19 and a half. Cause something just clicks and it might be pulling the pocket out of his back pocket or opening his front foot, whatever, you know, whatever adjustments they make. Nope. It just happens.
2: Factoring in the new coaching staff too, I think would have to help a lot of these guys. You want to look at like track records with some, I mean, look at the new it like that. Castro has had a lot of success. Um, in Atlanta, uh, with a lot of those teams. So they're bringing in a whole new staff. It's a whole new way of thinking. So I would, you know, I choose to be optimistic in the dog
1: days. So um, the, uh... I think there's going to be a
3: lot of teaching in spring training this year because it's a new system and a new coaching staff and a new coaching staff usually comes in all gung in and ready to go. So I feel like there's, you're going to see a lot more PFPs. You're going to see a lot more footage of them doing basic stuff because I mean, some of these coaches want things to be done in a uniform manner and that's what a right. good coach really does. So I'm kind of stoked to see, that's always a fun thing to observe. Uh, during spring training is they're going to be doing a lot more than just because you know, it's getting used to the cadence. It's understanding the strategy. It's understanding where these guys like each other. Plus, they're going to have to now adjust to the defensive alignment stuff. So there's some new rules they're going to have to also figure out. So I'm just I I'm, I'm excited to see these guys get – there's going to be some teaching going on, which is always fun to watch.
1: I'm trying to find this damn vagina-looking chart that Josh pulled up for – Oh,
3: uh, www.beefvagandrewvon.com.
1: No, that's not it. Mm, who's um, beef?
0: Me. Mm. I'll
1: find him. Uh yeah, in my off season, um I guess roller coaster of emotions towards the White Sox, I'm I'm unoptimistic right now.
2: Hmm? Uh, I and I think
1: moving Vaughn to first
2: base is really going to help. Because if you look at his splits the last month of the season, like set, like near near the end, like September, October, they've been pretty bad. And he's never played outfield before. He's playing the most games he ever has in his life in a position he's never played. People are like, well, he's young. Like, it shouldn't be an issue. Well, it is. If you're running out there, like, catching fly balls, it's going to take a toll eventually uh, on your legs every day. So I think first base, position he's comfortable with, not as physically demanding for him, it's going to help him in the long run, too.
3: He's going to be using less of his brain to figure out something new and then going back to something that's comfortable. And there's comfort in routine every single time. So that has to play a role.
1: Yeah, I'm. I don't know. I don't put as much stock into that. I get what you guys are saying, but that's. I don't know. That's not really. I, don't know. I think he's
3: why to do the same things over and over and over again. That right. No, and I
1: get comfort. that, but putting him
3: back know. into his comfort zone is going to be nice. I mean, at least at least that's one less excuse you can put your finger on, right? It takes yeah, one of the excuses yeah. off the table. I'm and if, if he still struggles, it wasn't the defense that was holding him back. It's something else.
1: Just keep I'm definitely not. As high on Andrew Vaughn as some other some people are, but I'm definitely not as worried as other people. I guess that's my.
2: Is he going to be Jose
1: Abreu? No, oh, no. But is it, if fa- is like it fair to try? Is hitter. it fair to try to do that?
2: No, no, exactly. If he's hitting like 270, 20 plus homers, that's that is fine. No one's asking yeah. Andrew Vaughn to carry the team. He just has to be a solid hitter. Is what they drafted him to be. And all indications could be like say that I think he's going to be a solid hitter. Like we've seen, he can be a solid major league hitter. I don't yeah. think he'll ever become a superstar. Maybe, but. You know, as long well,
3: as deal I mean Luis like, Roberts yeah. is the superstar you know uh yeah. Eloy is the superstar those are those are the superstars and he gets to play you know he can be uh you know, if it's the justice league he's like uh maybe the flash to not, I mean I love watching him run but he's not the flash uh, he maybe can be cyborg if they're the justice League because you got Superman and you got Batman you know he's that he can be that third guy in there he can be that or you know fourth guy. and 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 be uh I don't know he can be cyborg he's, he's built like him too so
1: yeah I think you guys it would benefit both of you to watch that episode, though, to hear their concerns and the breakdown.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, I wouldn't say I was always, like, insanely high on Andrew Vaughn, but it definitely kind of leveled me out a little bit because they brought up good points. And like I said, it was a well-thought-out argument. It's definitely worth an hour of your time, especially as a Sox fan, to watch it. because. But, again, Vaughn could be sitting there right now fucking eating like a bull's heart. Fucking getting protein and ready to go and like I don't know. You just be doing his shit. So that's Batman,
3: Batman's a good fighter. He's a well trained fighter. He's, he's also the smartest. The detec- he's also the smartest detective in the world. So I mean I'll give him West sp- like, West Batman or are we getting spot Spart yeah. baseball and Eloy? It's
1: like Batman
3: and the detective work. Peanut butter and ladies.
1: Yeah, and yes, that's a very good final thought there from beef in the comments the other thing is i know him and josh both him and josh want the white Sox to be good they want them to be good they, they like i said all they did was show up with statistical fucking things and I, when it comes to talking baseball with people if you bring up numbers i automatically add like a million credibility points to your argument you know what i mean like I still can't find this goddamn vagina chart. It's so
3: like you're saying, like if we're, if we're arguing about like our favorite burger, I'll just bring up like statistics, It'd be like 42. I'd be like, Oh God, I respect you. more.
2: Well, like it's Okay. And I, I, like you said, I'd have to listen to the thing
3: and there are some yep. concerns,
2: but I was encouraged by the fact he hit, left right right handers a lot better year two than year one. Like it splits against righties improve power overall improved. So like he saw, he made adjustments year one to year two. And so I would hope year two to year three, he continues to make adjustments. On like, like, a basic level, like
3: the splits overall were pretty encouraging for me. Uh, am, the excuses are out the window. There's, they're gone. They're gone you know, now. It, it. Not, not, not just the excuse of him going to first, but the excuse of saying, look, he had to learn on the fly. He, he's, he's a young guy learning in the. This is year three now. At this point, He's familiar, so this is a big season for him in general. So it is kind of a shitter get off the pot season for Andrew Vaughn, and I, I don't, I don't know you how much I like Andrew Vaughn too. You, I mean, you know me, yeah. But it's time for him to, you know, and, and he needs to be who he is, and people need to accept who he is. If he's a, you know, he he might not be a forty home run guy, but he's going to be a valuable guy on a on a, on a talented roster. I mean, that's, that's all you can ask for.
1: Yeah, um, no, I mean. I think it'll be good. I think it'll be solid. I also think it's going to be super unfair because throughout the year, it's going to be one of the most annoying fucking things of people comparing him to Jose Abreu. And he's not, yeah. It, if you're going really, in with
2: that yeah. mindset, then he's going to have a bad You're going be- to
1: me. It's going to drive
3: me insane. I, he needs to make sure he doesn't do that either. He needs to make sure he's Andrew Vaughn and not trying to be... Uh, that's, a, that's a concern that I have, too, is him trying to be Jose Abreu, too, in his mind and that mindset, trying to like say he's got to replace that guy and understand that He's a different peg for a different hole. Um, I mean, yeah, call me crazy. I'd be more. I'm more concerned
2: personally about Luis Robert heading into the year
1: than anything. uh I'm more concerned about people that thought Luis Robert's boxing technique looked good. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody, I saw somebody tweet out like, "You see him throwing hands in his driveway?" I was like, "Bro, like." I can go to my buddy Danny Letz's gym, Letzbox.com. Go check him out on the south side, L-E-T-Z box. I can probably go pluck a fucking twelve-year-old out of there that would have knocked his ass out. I mean, he is, <laughs> dude. Yeah, they're a little loopy. That, really that, that was that was
2: just. But, but like wasn't. he's trying to burn cow, It's an off-season workout.
1: I, oh you know? no, no, I get that, and I, and I know he's not like being like, <laughs> check me out. I'm like the next Tyson or anything. I'm right. just trying to get the cardio up and work it out a little bit. But like, some people were tweeting like, "Oh, look at Robert. He's looking like a badass." And I was like, "That's the opposite of looking like a badass. Like <laughs> that would that was that was not great. Like, no. This
2: is why you don't tweet your off-season workout
1: videos. He tweets everything, dude." That's, he, so or stupid. no, he Instagram his Instagram story like everything he Instagrams that shit. Like
2: I always find, if you're doing the work, it will show. But if you're taking the time to post your off-season workouts, then like, are you really working that hard?
1: Right, yeah, bro. He, he had
3: I mean, you only work out for like four or five hours he, a day, he had, and he if had, you had, film yourself. I mean, like, the is filming his workouts too. Had, Sometimes you want to get your video footage in, but they're doing more like play stuff too. So it's
1: hold on, we're we're going to the tape. Fuck this shit.
3: Go to the tape. Go to the, let's yeah. go to the tape. I, can, I also see ballplayers do, you, you know, they, they film themselves hitting off the tee. Wait, wait, have you seen this? Uh, I, the boxing thing?
1: Yeah. No. First of all,
3: oh, dear Lord.
1: Homie, the pink gloves. Second of all, that ass is way out here. I mean, I know he's a baseball player, so we got baseball player booty, but that thing is bo- there, it? bro. All right, now watch these. Oh, boy. Oh boy!
0: Slow so,
1: there was literally people like pumped about this.
3: Oh no, he's just very little power. He's just doing well, it as like cardio. This is just cardio. It's, this it's just cardio. It's a do you really think that someone goes to Tybo is a good boxer? They're just a fucking Tybo with Billy Blanks. And, and that's again, it's not, cool.
1: not as it's not as if he was advertising it like he was some badass. Well, no, the okay.
2: boxing's not the concern. We're too close, for God's sake. Watch this video. Was like this looks cool. I'm gonna post this. That is where <laughs> the concern is, not the boxing itself.
1: It just keeps going.
3: He's smiling too, like he's just having fun. Oh right? Jesus!
1: The thing is, though, he is a strong motherfucker. So, like, if oh, he, hands- he goes into
3: yeah. See, now he goes down into yeah, doing this like a, is a, this yeah. is a
1: workout. This isn't a it's boxing. Just yeah. He's just keeping his
3: hands moving. That's, he's keeping his hands moving. That's all he's doing. Oh,
2: just fine. Don't post it though. We don't need to see it when it's you're. Being, awesome. like, it's a new workout.
3: It's new new workout. a it's a it's workout, workout that kids can model their uh, their workouts at home. It oh, okay. takes. So, boxing gloves and someone to you, someone to punch a kid. A kid that can't afford weights and going to the gym can do that workout with his buddies. They can just throw some you know oven mitts on their hand and, and have some fun. I got and, no
1: problem with him doing it. I got no problem with him posting it. Whatever, it's your fucking social media. You post whatever the fuck you want. The the reason I even brought it up though was like the quote tweets and the retweets being like, "This is my center fielder oh. kicking ass." Like it's like. <laughs> 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 Maybe we don't do that because <laughs> he ain't kicking much ass. Uh, and then the other White Sox, like, official news is it sounds like they signed uh, another Royals cast off. Uh, Hanser Alberto gave him a nice little minor league deal with the invite to the big camp.
2: I thought you were going to talk about that electric Jake Marisnick signing.
1: Dude, why do I know that name, though?
2: for the Cubs. Been around the league for a while. Okay. For
1: yeah. I saw it and I was like, "Oh yeah, that guy." I know he that was, that
2: was in the that. Astros during the World Series, running
3: seventeen. So,
2: Which yeah. is also incidentally, when he had his best season. Trash cans.
1: He played for
3: the Cubs. Duh. Played yeah. for the Cubs back yeah, yeah. in uh twenty twenty one. He was traded to the Padres. Yep. What Padres and then the Pirates last three years.
1: So do a little quick. Cutter traded Hanzer, no. Hanser. Hanser is he'll be he's thirty years old. <coughs> in the dr. Uh, he was a whopping zero war player in 2022 with 156 at bats, 156 at pets a year, zero war uh, 38 hits, two home runs, 244 batting average uh, career, three point nine war. He's been in the league since 2015. He played 41 games for the Rangers in 2015, went from the Rangers to Baltimore to the Royals. And then he played 73 games for the Dodgers last year. Uh, primarily a second baseman can play third and short in a pinch. People were like laughing about this and whatever. And like, I get that the new skip, the new dugout boss probably has, you know, a history with this guy because of his Kansas city days. But like, basically the reason why I'm cool with this one, it's a minor league deal. Who gives a shit second? They're just creating more of a competition at second base. Competition breeds excellence. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I'm I'm all about that action, Hoss. Like, and
2: let's be honest, it's 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 gotten to the point of the offseason, especially now with the Liam Hendricks news. They're not it's they're not trading for a
1: second baseman. No, no, it's I, it's,
2: the, it's the upgrade but, time is over. Like, it's gonna be a competition of a bunch of these scrubs and may the best man win.
1: Well, that's the thing It's made the best man win, and I kind of I'm I'm here for that. Like,
2: if you're gonna go the route of Gonzalez or so, like you might as well bring in guys like this to at least push them. And like you said, like maybe you get, maybe Alberto turns out to be decent.
1: Who knows? Yeah. I will. Yeah, you can catch lightning in a bottle, sure. But bring like, as
2: many guys as you want. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, fuck it, make them earn it. That's mm-hmm. all. You know, I like that they're not just handing it to one of these kids. You got to earn this shit. Yeah. And we're bringing in some vets that have been around the league that know what they're doing, and you got to earn it. You know who earned their shit?
3: You know who did earn, earn their shit, though? Who?
0: This Padres pitches is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. He's-
1: he earned it. Hey, I just saw he, like, uh, Bleacher Report, someone just did, like, a follow him around for a day thing. He's actually <laughs> a pretty cool guy.
3: Oh, I'm sure he is. I would imagine. Uh,
1: and then, most fat guys are though. The uh, other thing that I wanted to bring up because I keep seeing this kind of around, and obviously due to recent events, people's feelings on this might change a little bit. But one of the the rumors that is being floating around in the Twitter baseball world, not even just by White Sox people, I saw some National people throw it out in the universe too, is uh, a possibility of Garrett Crochet for Glaber Torres.
2: I, yeah, it's, I
1: don't mm. know. I'm in the, sure, mindset. My,
2: well, yeah, I mean, it would definitely be an upgrade at second base from what we'd have. Yep. Uh, I do think, and I mean, it's tough to project, going back to projection stuff, but like, right. crochet, like, usually coming off Tommy John, guys get the velocity back. Some even come back throwing harder, and mm. he's kind of a stud. Like, his limited sample size,
3: crochet's a crochets stud. Well, we have a friend of the show that's an eyewitness to him being dirty as hell coming out of uh, his rehab who got to work out with him in Arizona. So Tanner McDougall said he looks filthy. So you uh, get, I mean, and,
1: is that gla- I have it in the bullpen. <laughs> and Glaber Torres though, you get a twenty six year old who was a four war player in twenty twenty two, hit twenty four homers. So here's the thing with Glaber Torres. Glaver Torres was good. He was an all-star, all-star. Then he was dog shit for two years. And then in 2022, he f- kind of figured it back out a little bit.
2: Right.
1: Like, he was really bad for two years. In 2020 and 2021, he was fucking booty cheeks.
0: 2020,
2: but, I kind of take with a grain of salt, though, because that's such a weird season. But, yeah, I mean, you're not getting a superstar in Gleyber Torres. You kind of, you know, getting above average baseman.
1: You are getting an above average second baseman, which would help the White Sox out a great deal, and it's kind of like a more immediate return. Um, I think Gary I again, Gary Grochet is a tough one to pin down, just because you don't know how guys are going to reply, and kind of what Beef is saying there, Fids. I know Tanner's our guy, and I don't think he would have any reason to lie to you or us or anything, but I also feel like he's kind of pumping his boys' tires a little bit, which... I would do Maybe, the Maybe, but he
3: knows what 100 looks like since his teammate threw 100, too, in high school. So
1: Right. and He knows I know, dirty. I, I guess with, with Garrett it, Crochet... He can be like,
3: yeah, you
2: know, workouts are going good. Didn't have to say look nasty.
1: Nah. And I mean, with Garrett Crochet, the White Sox aren't going to be stupid with that. If they obviously are watching him throw 100 and know what he can do, I don't think they're quick to trade him for a Glaber Torres, but...
3: They know by think, now because they've seen him throw flats and thrown off the bump. Even yeah, both. I mean he's so been down. In,
0: yeah, he's
1: been at Scottsdale all year, yeah. and they know what he is. Um, mm-hmm. I am one hundred percent in the sure.
0: If it matters, if, if, if,
1: if it happens, if, I'm going to be like, cool. If they
3: if they feel like the it it weighs, you know the the value and you do it right. I mean they've like you said they've uh, seen him enough. When I, what I can keep I... it over right now, I have to interrupt this because Yumper sent me this. Jeez, oh, Pete. Steamer projections for Red Sox outfielder Mat- Masataka Yoshida. Yeah. Listen to this. 572 plate appearances, a 298, 388, 479 slash, a 372 WOBA, a 140 WRC plus, 11.7 walk percentage, a 9.9K percentage, a 305 bat pip, a 3 point F, uh, 3.8 F war holy projections you want to talk about projections
1: jesus christ
3: that's i mean if he hits that i mean in his first year whole oh. but that's oh, what i think didn't they give suzuki say suzuki those kind of numbers too in the project i want
1: to point this out real quick and i'm gonna have to zoom because i don't think you can see it in the screen share i'm on glaber torres's baseball reference page because we're all about <laughs> facts and whatnot here and i scroll down into the player news section let me see let me get this bigger here. That's what she said. Damn. Ah, you in the play trade? Look at it. We got on Tap net MLB Trade Rumors, and then look at these little bastards from the 108 getting hyperlinked from Baseball Reference. You wow. little fucks. Yeah, I see it. I saw it. I'm not giving you a click, dirty bastard. Oh, look at that.
3: You know, you did click MLB Trade Rumors, though. I could see it on your hyperlink.
1: That's an old art. That's from January 5th because it's said White Sox option at second base. I clicked that link and it was like the Sosa like it was like the most obvious things in the world I was like this is a really intuitive reporting fellas mm-hmm. uh What's yeah that? I'm just kind to talking about that. good for you SEO going strong beef nice, yeah, nice. um but yeah I, like I said I'm not gonna get too caught up in trade rumors right now especially with anything regarding the White Sox but let's say we wake up tomorrow morning and Han being the dickhead that he is pulls this trade off at like two in the morning again. So like I'm everybody's sleeping and no one can really break the news or talk about it on their Wednesday night show. And, uh, I'm just going to wake up and be like, cool. So, okay. <laughs> Mitch you're on mute. I remember Mitch you're on mute. I remember my first day.
2: Boy, that's, a- that's tough Look right there. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it it wouldn't really move it. It'll be like, eh, you know, doesn't really move the needle for me.
1: Yeah, it'd be like it'd just be like a yeah. Hope he's good. Nice, yeah, yeah. Hope okay. it works out. Hope, <laughs> hope we get the good version of him. Yeah, that'd, exactly. be, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be
3: which it's like hitting this news button. All right, cool.
1: Which the the White Sox don't have a really uh. Long history of getting if, the best version of players when they trade for them, but if
2: we didn't give up, and I know, like, mind you, we don't have much to trade, so Garrett Crochet would likely be the guy that gets dealt there. But if we were able to somehow keep him, yeah, maybe fleece him with like a Cespedes or something, then I'm even more excited.
1: Yeah. So that's uh, that's like the gamut of the uh, the White Sox story I got here. Yeah, I'm very excited. We're not going to see Larry every goddamn day. I'm Ludo. very excited. I'm very excited to see Larry Garcia in a season where he's used how he's supposed to be used. Which is not yeah. frequent. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and I mean one
2: guy on the bench they pan to and there's a big kid that's like clapping and like waving the towel. That that's that's what I want to see Larry Garcia doing every day.
1: Yep. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So um what else did I <clears throat> fuck? So I guess that brings me to my next point. Uh, 108 day was on Saturday night. It was a great night. Uh, again, thank you to the the fine gentlemen of the 108 for hosting a fantastic evening. Uh, I'm Sorry Mitch was too cool to come. I'll just throw it out nothing there. nothing
2: to do with that. I wanted to
1: and come. Don't don't trip backpedaling now, buddy. I got the messages. I got the receipts. I, I wasn't
2: able to make. You I, can show I, the receipts. I wasn't I, able to make.
1: I'll send it to Beef. I, what's this say? Fuck Beef Loaf. I'm not going to this bullshit. That means I'd have to touch people ill. Yeah, I got all of these messages, dude. Uh, but I will say, so I uh, I got scooped up by, uh, you know, our good friend, uh, Lil Yumper, and his lovely wife met me in the uh, – picked me up in the Uber. We drove out there. I pounded a Red Bull and vodka on the way there and talked everyone's ear off. It was a pretty good time. Uh, we get into the the fucking Reggies, and they got there's a a band playing, and I'm going to use that term loosely. It's a White Stripes thing going on with a dude on the like a reverse White Stripes. Got it, the dude on the drums, and what I later found out was a girl lead singing, playing guitar, and they were wearing orange prison jumpsuits with like weird like clown makeup shit on their face, and it was loud as fuck. I mean, I'm getting old because I was just like. Ooh,
0: like that's so loud,
1: and there it wasn't bad music. I, I caught myself a couple times, like nodding my head to it. But yeah. like, so I go up to the bartender, you know, I say what's up to like I think Bruhan Luke and our good friend Brian from the ranking show. I'm sorry, Brian, I forgot the name of your show already, but like, um, I go up to the bartender, I scream my order at him. I'm like, give me a shot, Jameson said, I can't push. <laughs> and, <laughs> So, rip my shot, get the bush can, turn back around. I just hear from my left side, I hear some asshole go, hey, will you autograph my bush? And I looked over, and fucking Fids was there. No idea he was coming in. No idea. He keeps posting the goddamn picture of my shocked face because he <laughs> thinks it's funny, but it is kind of funny. But I uh, I was I, I very rarely get caught off guard in anything. Like, I'm... Like, my entire life, like, I ruined the surprise party that was thrown for me on my 30th birthday. I ruined all that shit. I very rarely get surprised. I pick up on shit really quick. Uh, I later found out in the evening, Fids was, like, fucking neurotic telling all these people if they talked, he was going to cut their throats. So, I, I, well, I
3: showed him the knife, too. That made a difference. Yep. It became so, real.
1: I had no idea. It was cool. It was fucking, I was excited to see my guy come in from Vegas. And that just like right then I was like, all right, well this is gonna be fucking fun. Yeah, I already knew it was gonna be a good night, but I was like, all right, it's fucking on now. And, the real uh, question is, did anyone else
2: ask for the autograph? Did any so, other
1: show? Not really, and I only had the sharpie for not too much longer because our boy Spo, who you know, Spo's <laughs> a good guy. He's you know, he's a big boy. He's a good guy. He's taking care of himself, and I loved seeing that, but. Uh Savo, who is sober, by the way, uh-huh. not drinking right now. Dr. Pepper's all day. Dr. Diet, Peppers, Dr. Pepper's only. You. Saw me sitting at the table listening. It was in between the panels. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like playing with the the Sharpie or whatever. I, I don't know why I had it out. I was doing something. And Savo walked by and he, he took his shirt off. I don't know what led to that. That was coming from another conversation. It was in my left proverbial, proverbial, proverbial vision. And uh, I turned around, and I go, hey, I'm going to sign your stomach. And he's like, fucking great idea. So I signed Zoe on his stomach, and he goes, give me the Sharpie. I give him the Sharpie. I look up. He walked around the entire room and just had people signing their shit <laughs> like he's a fucking human billboard, dude. And then, Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. That is. Night. that is it. Yeah. my man Jack things, got man. pregnant. Can you find
2: um, your signature
1: on there? Let's see
3: i
2: am so right, you...
1: <laughs> like right under a titty. I'm like one of the first ones. <laughs>
3: Who like, Have a neat summer. Keep K I T. What oh never mind.
1: Sorry. Yeah. But uh that was hilarious. And that is just like uh a, a great how was that night? Here's this picture. That's how that night was fucking awesome. And uh yeah, I mean it was always great to meet everybody to everybody that I met, and I'm fids, I'm sure you'll say, but it was all love. Everybody was in a great mood. The night went on. Everybody started getting drunker. Just a lot of smiles. A lot of people putting their arms around each other. A lot of selfies being taken. Uh, the panels were electric as always. The first panel was great with Josh, Josh. Josh Nelson got up there and started cracking some Jerry Seinfeld stand-up, dude. He was doing his thing. I was like, what to do. What the on? What's, yeah. what's <laughs> man? He's making jokes. I he had the crowd going. Josh is a very good MC like that, and he had you know the crowd going everything. The first panel had Lawrence and Herb and uh, White Sox Dave on it. Who I talked to Dave for a while that night. Dave always a good talk. Talking to him a little bit off cameras and stuff like that. I love talking to Dave. And uh, that panel was great as always. Those guys really bring the energy. And I think one really cool thing, well, a lot of really cool things, but one thing that I think is really cool that the 108 does is they don't record it. Nothing's recorded. You have to be there to hear it. You know, and oh yeah, White Sox Dave was on the panel with you. See, I drank a lot of Jameson on Saturday night. Um, Also,
3: also not tall.
1: No, No, he's not. We're going to get into that in a minute, too. I forgot Dave was on that panel. A lot of Jameson on fucking Saturday. Um, But they don't record it, so you get to see guys like Lawrence Holm and Herb Lawrence kind of cut loose a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they can, can swear.
2: Really, like, yeah, yeah.
1: they could swear. They could say no. what they want. They could say, you know, and it's on the premise that the 108 guys tell them, like, this is not going to be recorded. We're not going to use this. Go nuts. And it's fantastic. And then they got up and the 108 guys, I mean, at this point, they're the, the wily veterans of live shows in the, the white Sox, Uh, content world, and they went up there, did their thing. It was fantastic. One of the funniest parts to me was the end of their uh, panel when they opened it up to crowd questions because those got oh. pretty funny. <laughs> those were some pretty damn good questions. Uh, I don't think Beef picked up that I had. I sent the one person in with the sabotage, like, why do you want to trade Luis Robert for Eduardo Suarez? <laughs> question. Uh, that was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, no, I, everything was good, but yeah, one thing me and Fids knew, noticed did you're taller than me you're like more what are you like six one two six three yeah something like
3: like but the top half of six one
1: yeah and I'm I'm like the bottom half of six one so that kind of worked out there's gonna be a bad joke there but okay, um yeah. i could yeah. i, I, I like
2: I, say it, but I was yeah
1: <laughs> I can yeah I can yeah I could feel people's fingers getting ready to type that one up but uh god damn I gotta stop talking um <laughs> so we're both six one and we're walking around and we both, I just, we kind of looked at each other. And I was just like, there's a lot of fucking short people in White Sox. We would, we could run some shit if we had a White Sox Twitter fucking basketball tournament. That's why the next day, Mitch, I asked you how tall you were.
3: Yeah. We thought you were taller. Oh, no offense.
1: Cause all those are short guys, all those are short guys, all those running the point all day for our team. You're going to need to be like a two guard. So I'm going to need you to start throwing up 50 jumpers a day at least, minimum, Mitch. Wow. Easy. Get, get the hoop in the driveway going. I need at least fifty jumpers, and I need a I'm big more ten-
2: mid-range shooter. I got elbow money. You can put me beyond
1: the three-point line. It's it's
3: a
2: little rough.
1: That's fine. That's my game.
3: Aldo will be our Muggsy Bogues.
1: He'll run the point. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think I think Herb's taller than White Sox Dave.
3: I yeah, one's he, he here, close. and the other one was like here. It was like yeah. like a like a head plus a
1: chin compared to like just a yeah. head. Yeah, my guy, Herb, dude. Herb had a night. Herb was awesome. I fucking love that guy. Uh, <laughs> He's great. But uh, yeah, dude. It was just start to finish. Absolute blast. And then I got the, have the, uh, the fun game on Sunday of playing Am I Hungover or Am I Sick? <laughs> and uh, the beginning of the day, it was definitely uh, I'm Hungover. And then as the day went on, I'm like, this isn't a hangover. This is I'm sick. So there you go. So That's what true. what it what listen. what
3: Zoe was trying to tell everybody is, if you were at the 108 Fest, you should go test for COVID. No, I negative. I got the, that test
1: right away. And everybody negative.
3: else should obviously still go test for MRSA and uh, and or uh, um, uh, herpes too. But the only you, thing you your, got
1: from the only thing anyone got from me that night was a big hug and maybe some of my contagious handsomeness, but. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I made sure because I had the last thing I'd ever want to be is that guy. Who's yeah. You angel, only open
3: like, mouth kiss what two people, which was nice of you. That was, yeah. I thought that was courteous. I'll
1: was take, cool. I'll take the over on that number, but, um, Tom Brady kisses. but, uh, yeah, no, the first thing I did was I was just like, can you guys give me the, the Rona test and the other test that you guys have been getting? They did that right away. And I was like, negative, negative. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't well, know.
3: It, there was minimal fecal matter exchange at the party this year, which means, unlike last year, there won't be a large outbreak of pink eye. So that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I don't uh, know if I would go minimal, but yeah, especially in those that bathroom alone. Whew, yeah,
3: I mean, I crop tested a couple times, but that was. I'm
1: so glad I didn't have to fucking pinch a heater. Mm. That would have been really bad. That well, I had Al
3: Cheval earlier bad. that day too, so I had I had some I had some red meat in me. So,
1: but that didn't all happen. in all. Another knocked it out of the park event by our boys over there. There's rumors that they might be getting a bigger venue next year to accompany more fans because I know a lot of people wanted to go and couldn't go. It's it's a rumor. There's also a rumor that it's going to be in Beeflow's backyard, and if you don't buy one of the first 15 people to buy tickets, fuck you. So it could go either way. They're going to keep us on our toes like they always do. But, um, yeah. Oh, we have an actual baseball question in the chat. I'm going to let you feel this one, Mitch. I think uh, From uh, Mike Nelson, he wants to know your thoughts on Mancini to the Cubs.
2: uh, I don't think you're going to find a better first baseman on the market than Trey Mancini. I mean, you need a motivational speech. Trey Mancini's your guy. A Baltimore Oriole, underdog story, what's not to like? And he's a World Series champion now. He's got that veteran presence. So, like, why wouldn't you want Trey Mancini on the Cubs? A lot better than Eric Hoshbert, let me tell you. Some may say better than Josh Bell. Uh I don't know what you would call those people, but you know, people, people are talking Trey Mancini kind of a stud.
1: Well,
3: keep oh, Patrick moves the, them out of the lineup unless it's against lefties. That's the that's the key. Where whatever makes the, uh, that
1: happen. the the two veteran names that are getting tossed around to a bunch of teams are Mancini and my guy, Kutch. Yep. Apparently actually might send a minor league deal with the Mets.
2: In all seriousness, stuff for the Cubs, I, I I do think that would not be a ter- like you already got Hosmer, so I don't think they would do it at this point. But it would be kind of the same thing that you get you're getting with Hajer, the veteran guy to kind of help Uh, Mervith, uh but a little bit better than Eric. Hosmer. I'll tell you
1: what, right now, if the White Sox, I've said, I think I said it two weeks ago, if the White Sox sign McCutcheon, I'm buying the jersey.
2: Oh yeah, he would look so good. He looks like a White Sox like that. They, they, they I'm White's
1: so veteran, veteran. so. Good. So blocked. He blocked me. It's fine. You probably were that shit, asshole. I didn't,
3: though. I didn't. It was really soft, actually. It was really soft. I was actually at my friend's wedding getting ready to go stand. And one of the last things I tweeted, because he was all pissed that he got hit by a curveball on his butt cheek. I'm like, come on, man. It wasn't intentional. I remember, it was oh, like, I
1: remember this. It wasn't intentional.
3: It was an off speed pitch. It didn't hurt that much. It's not a bad, you know, it was something really calm. And then I, I come back like later on in the evening and I'm blocked. I'm like, Jeez, maybe that curveball that was 72 miles an hour did hurt your ass, but but he's one of my favorite players.
1: (laughs) So, remember last week when we were talking about 108 Day, Beef got in the comment section and he alluded to a a secret giveaway they were going to do for everyone? I was about to ask, but I saw it on Twitter. Yeah. They handed out White Sox 108 branded rags.
3: Mm -hmm. Oh, yours is yours. Do you have users yet, huh? Oh, yeah. Mine's still standing up in the corner.
1: I've been sick. Ben That's ben, a champagne addiction. The Cubs signed Trey Mancini. Ben Slacking. Yeah. If, they, if the Cubs signed Trey Mancini, I might have to give this to Mitch. I was absolutely cracking up. It could have been the Jameson at that point, but I thought this was the funniest fucking thing in the world. And yeah.
3: So when I woke up in the morning, because obviously when I threw off my pants, once I got back to the hotel, I woke up in the morning and yeah, obviously your socks are still in your jeans, right? Yep. Cause I mean, you're just, it was like, it was yeah. like Bruce almighty just like, Wah! and it goes off. Uh, and so I woke up in the morning and I started getting my, you know, getting all my stuff together. I'm like, I must've had that towel hanging out of my back pocket all night. Cause it was perfectly still, it was like, it was yeah, like a same just dangled perfectly over, like perfectly tucked like Buffalo bill.
1: Yep. Same. And then one of the really cool things I keep saying that, But one of the cool things about
3: another one of the cool one,
1: another one of the cool things about uh, 108 days, I really get to, like, put faces to people's like Twitter handles and shit like that. And there's one guy in particular that I kind of want to shout out here. I don't think he's in the I don't see him in the chat or anything, but hopefully he hears this. Uh, He goes by the name of Baloney he's he's one of the uh one-third of the shy sports bums podcast it's another good show yep um i've never met him i've never really interacted with him that much on twitter we've liked each other's tweets every once in a while i've seen the shy sports bums uh show on monday nights every once in a while i didn't realize this fucker lives like four blocks away from me Like, like yeah dude like we're neighbors i was like holy shit dude like
3: Seems like I've been peeking through the window every Saturday yeah. night for like two weeks now, man. And you still won't well, wait. I was just day.
1: like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, now I got a new homie in the neighborhood where I can just be like, hey, let's go to the Valley Inn and fucking watch the Sox game, have a couple beers. Like, I'm pumped, dude. That was fucking easily the coolest part of the night to me. I got a new baseball watching buddy. And it just rank. Yeah. And it might use them both <laughs> at the same time. But <laughs> you never know. Trade rat. I mean, I'm. Um, And I guess
3: the
2: 108 Fest the White Sox have gotten in free agency so far.
1: That's what I'm 100%. And then I think we would be remiss not to talk about.
3: (coughs) We could talk about John's jacket.
1: No, 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 no. no. I'm going back to baseball. I think Um, it's going. (laughs) I fudged up. (laughs) I, I, I came on this show. I was very, very confident that Carlos Correa was going to stay on the mats. I didn't think fucking Cohen would let him walk. Well, he we did. Carlos Correa went back to the Twins.
0: Do um, we have a the?
1: If all that was here, it would have been played like 60 times already by now. But he's not, so fuck it. Um, Fids is now currently looking to find it. And, yeah. 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 Um, yep, littering so I said... And
3: littering and...
1: I said if Carlos Correa wasn't on the Mets, basically if he signed with anyone else, I would live stream myself watching a full NASCAR race. Now, I did say the word sober in there. This is me pleading at the mercy of the Pinwheels and Ivy universe to include some kind of drinking clause into this.
3: Well... I think. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. You, I was to say I offered you meth at least, man, and you turned that down. I said, "Make it original."
1: These are already all fake from well, years of being stupid and letting people use my face as a punching. Like it
2: wasn't. It wasn't just the NASCAR race. I believe we had in there had to be the longest one uh, of the season, which is the Coca Cola Six Hundred. I don't know. If, well, I probably
1: did agree to that. Fuck.
2: So I think if we if you if we're making you watch that one. Because last year was literally the longest race in NASCAR. How long
1: history.
2: was it? Uh, it was.
1: Like on average, how long is it? Usually it's like four hours.
3: Yeah. So this is, I'm going to say this. It's probably a violation of the Geneva code if we don't let Zoe drink it in, in some way, shape, yeah, or
2: form. Well, so I think we could do, because that race is so long and it'd be more fun. I mean, you know, that's half the fun of going to a NASCAR race. Like, by the way, if you haven't been to one, even if you're not a fan. Yeah. Fun it's like, you can bring your own cooler in, in your own food. They don't care. You can bring a 30 round. flush and walk. So away.
3: maybe let Zoe drink, because if, if it's his experience, it might ruin it for him if he has this not experience yeah. as his
2: intended. making that many left turns sober. I think we let him, because uh, for the Coca-Cola 6, and usually NASCAR has been broken up, it's broken up into three stages for a race. That race is so damn long, it's four stages, so I think we make up, we, we get to give him like five beers a stage. Or there was the idea that was floated out earlier. I which you yeah you had if you want
3: to uh, share it well it's just if he's if he, he if if someone who's not in the top ten I I actually Aldo came up with this but I I thought it'd be better if it was if anybody from the top ten or not in the top ten moves in the top three is those allowed to drink while they're in the top three? So someone that's outside of the top ten polls. Then so, I will I'll have me... to have,
1: a, but then I'd have to have like a drink set in front of me the whole time. Don't you I... have a koozie, man? I'm not a cousin. Or whiskey? You you shots of whiskey, coffee. when you can get it
3: down, you get it down.
1: And I mean, we're going to be. So the other thing is, Mitch said he could probably make it down to the southwest side. And we'll go to our sponsor, Uncle Bud's, and watch the race there. So the that world race is not Memorial
2: Day. I don't know if that would be an issue or not.
1: It's right All after right.
2: the. But I think get might my, not uh, have to be this
1: Coca Cola race. We might have to find a different race just for. If a, we do a
2: different, one, yeah. If we do a different one, then we'll have to come up with something
1: else. Right. It'll be shorter.
2: I can look at the schedule. We'll give you a couple dates and we'll yeah. pick one. Slash the punishment or what so, drinking but, game will be.
1: But back to Dickhead Carl's Credit. I think it's hilarious watching the twins celebrate this. Yeah. The twins like be fine with it. This is exactly what I compare oh. this to.
3: We could do it in playback too. I actually was. Uh, I think I might have an account now with playback. You guys can use that to do it. You could watch it live and on the, the TV. Well, and the the live content
1: will 1 million percent be better if I can drink. Like, maybe yeah, I, can absolutely. Oh, yeah. I can drink. Maybe We have some
2: pretty kind of game involved with it. Maybe like a Kevin Harvick theme once. It's his farewell tour and he's got the Bushmobile. Yep.
1: But this is what I compare Carlos Correa to. And I think this is a pretty good analogy. Carlos Correa had like a steady girlfriend. Like, he dated it for a year. Things were going all right. You know, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. That's the twins. But then. Carlos went to the bar and like, a good-looking girl kind of gave him a look. And he started thinking to himself, I could do better. So he broke up with the girlfriend, the steady, the reliable thing, and said, I'm going to go out and play the field. He went out, got dumped not once but twice, and came back with his tail between his legs, and the old girlfriend took him back.
2: I don't even think it was dumped, if we're going to go with that analogy. It was more like it got to the time, you know, and it, he needed uh, some of the big hurt uh, pills.
1: Yeah, but basically, he or, thought – He didn't pass physical? He thought, oh, I'm going to be watching NASCAR. Uh, but, oh, I I misread that. spell. So I just read it again. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, and he did. They gave him the money and all that stuff, but I just want to know. Now that it's all said and done, he passed this, whatever, Dr. Nick Riviera from the Simpsons, it is physical for the fucking twins. Looks good to me. Hi, everybody. Um, I want to know what was on this physical. They'll never, they'll never tell us because of HIPAA and all that shit. But, like, what was so bad that the Mets and the Giants both were like, "Nah." And I get that there's a big difference between a 12-year deal and a six-year deal especially when you're talking about injuries and, like, how long it's going to take for it to become an issue. But, like.
2: The Mets backing out surprised me. Because you would think if they did shit and just throw money at the problem, it would be them. Yep. So, the fact they're like, yeah, that's too concerning for even us. Just goes to show. Um, I don't know. It does suck for the White Sox since he's back in the division. But, like, is anyone really that scared of the twins i mean good yeah, for them
1: yeah and that's the other thing it's like the twins are like oh fuck yeah we got carlos gray it's like well you got the same team that was dog shit last year right you, you put the band together but the band fucking sucks well,
2: yeah my my friend who's a twins fan he's like oh like he casually follows he's like hey like is it do you think this is good for the twins i'm like i guess because you're not gonna get no no free agent is going to minnesota like the top tier one so like i guess it's good for him in that sense but like yeah, no, they'll just still be a middle of the road team. It's not, you know, they're not scaring anyone.
1: Yeah. And then the other rumor that's flying around now is that they're going to try to trade for Pablo Lopez uh, on Miami. Think- but if they do that, that's going to cost him a Luis Arias.
2: In Miami, I'm pretty and sure he's on one of their untouchable list. Him and Alcantara, I believe. No,
1: uh, today, I don't know where, Mitch, I don't know how much you've been on Twitter, but Pablo Lopez getting traded has been like the hot rumor all day today. Yeah. There we go. But if that gets Luis Arias out of fucking Minnesota, yeah, yeah,
2: works for me. I, they're they're more reliant on how healthy Byron Buxton is, which at this point you can't really rely on Buxton's Buxtonself to be any sort of threat in the AL. Like I think a healthy Byron Buxton for a full season is a bigger addition than
1: a Carlos Correa,
2: but well, you don't know if it's gonna happen.
1: Sorry, Billy Wires tweeted something. And for some reason, the volume played. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a very good Joel. Very good. Uh, it was applied to an early two thousands rom com with Ashton Kutcher. So many trucker hats in that movie. So many sideways trucker hats. But yeah, I mean, I think it's just. I thought it was just funny. I think the whole thing's just funny. I hope he comes out and it's just dog shit this year.
2: That would be pretty funny. <laughs> I
1: know. See, I say I hope he's dog shit because I don't wish for injuries. I've never been an injury guy, but I just hope it's a dog shit year for him. And I always hope the Twins fucking suck. So,
2: Who would you have? Serious question. Because, like, the White Sox, we don't have – I don't know. Who Who would you have as their biggest rival in that division?
1: Right now, the Guardians.
2: Well, right now, the Guardians. But, like, in history. Like, because, you know, like the Car- Cubs-Cardinals is, like, the big rival. Like, who would
1: you, throughout your time as a White say, Sox,
2: team you hate the in most in that my, team,
1: soon to be 39 years on this point being a White Sox fan, I would say it's the Twins. I fucking hate the Twins. I hate the Twins from the Piranha days. I hate the fuck you, Mauer days. I hate everything but Kirby Puckett. Fuck them. Kirby hey, What about it. the Ken Herbeck days? Kirby, um, Puckett was fucking, Kirby Puckett was a G, though. I uh, hate Kirby. I actually despise Kirby Puckett. Crying I, at this
3: I, I actually I really dislike Kirby Puckett. Yeah, it um, not, me as not, a, for, not for his baseball. I uh, for he, a, who he was at the end. He was not a nice person.
1: I figure it killed me as a kid that Little Big League was based on the Twins team because I loved that fucking movie. It and, and made you like the fucking Twins like for that two hours. I was like, oh, come on, Billy Mays and all this shit. But like, Ken Griffey Jr. got them, though. <laughs>
2: i was rooting for the i was rooting for the
1: narrators in that
2: movie no I you weren't fact to this like spoiled kid it was the same thing with the the, the cubs pitcher guy What's his name?
1: Like, billy haywood there you go i couldn't think yeah of i
2: was like this guy doesn't know how to manage a team there's no way like if i was a player i would not listen to him the fact that he had him winning that many games it pissed me off
1: I didn't uh, like- did you not hear him take that guy's baseball quiz and nail every answer uh, that,
3: yeah, you did go. you see the trick play he drew up? That was completely a balk. Yeah. Oh, he even
1: tricked the umpire.
2: Twins legend halfway through the year, they sent him out after he hit a sink
1: Yeah, and you know Lordy what he did though? Yes. He fucking reached out and he touched them right it's here, right, right here in the heart, and he got those men to play this beautiful game the right mm-hmm. way. To have Ken Griffey Jr. shit down their throats. <laughs> and say better luck next year, kid. That's the best line in the movie. Sure.
2: Dating his mom too. That's not like going to cause clubhouse issues. I don't know. Right. Seem like a sloppy operation.
1: You run up there. And
3: all the both those movies. Rookie of the year too. Yeah dates, yeah. dates his mom too. Yeah. What the Why hell? do they got to do that? Although way? I will say this: the mother in Little Big League is the mother of Cubs top prospect Pete Crow Armstrong. No, so right. as, as, as just a, as float a trivia. It. Just
1: float it. Just float it.
3: No, that's that's Henry Gardner. That's that's I'm talking little bit little big league's mom.
1: Oh, oh Billy Haywood. Okay. Billy Haywood's uh, mom
3: is is uh, PCA's mom. Is it the yeah. same
1: actress?
3: No, no. Because She's the other one's crazy. She's like, I'm gonna cut, she's gonna go cut. What's his name? And he's like, Oh my god, oh my god,
1: oh my god, 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 oh my god. Oh, okay. All right, no, definitely not the same woman. Ashley
2: yeah, i am worried about the clubhouse issues because that guy the clubhouse could run amok and what's the 12 year old gonna do to stand up to
1: him shit right. he's got fireworks probably uh um, he's got his two like fucking meathead friends telling him angry tweets start yeah. wedman he wedman kills the tigers go fuck yourself kid like, yeah
3: he watches a lot of porn too he did have a porn addiction did you see that too i mean they found out like his, his uh his room his room charges uh, naughty nurses, I think it was, or night nurses, night, night
1: naughty, yeah, night. naughty night nurses, naughty
3: night nurses. Yep. Yeah. So he's got a lot bigger problems, uh, with with that addiction to uh, adult Skinamax.
1: Yep. I mean, there's a lot of holes in these movies. I love them so much. So you know what I like think it. about
3: it, though? My first R-rated real real R-rated movie, like with nudity, I think was on a baseball trip when I was twelve to San Diego. I think that the older guys from the older travel team threw it on the TV, and I was like, oh. There was nudity in that when they when they ripped the thing off. Well, at least I thought I mean at that age I mean, no internet. It was like, did you catch a look at that Sears catalog thing? But uh Yeah, well that was what you should have done, Spo, because the joke's on you. Jurassic Pork and uh the firm were both purchased under your pay uh preview subscription.
1: Pelican so. the Pelican briefs. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Saving Ryan's Privates, that one polka, also was a uh, bought polka, polka hot ass. <laughs> That's a good
2: film. Get, all, get in all those quality cinematography and then a
3: lot of David Duchovny uh hosted shows too at the end yeah yes yeah, uh, voted kick my ass in Madden by the way that night he did though he he made it he comforted the fall uh because he picked me up from the airport with a sign that said uh Steve Bartman, Bartman. Steve Bartman and then we he had Rico Benny's waiting for me so he fed me Rico Benny's which I was burping and then eventually farting all night um oh, jokes on him on that one I left the upper upper decker on the way out in the morning but um he beat my ass in Madden pretty bad. It was, it was humiliating, actually. Um, so yeah. I'm saying that publicly. i heard about your bowel movements.
1: Uh, what else is mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> don't well, shut you're...
3: the front bathroom. Uh, so, don't
1: this the... show has been fed some information that the Cubs are pulling uh, used to be what classic White Sox move. So, you got Cubs convention coming up this weekend, and Mitch – I'm sure you remember this. The White Sox love announcing player extensions right before Sox Fest.
0: Mm-hmm. They, they
1: would do it almost every year. So there's a rumor from one of our sauces uh, that this guy's been hit or miss. We're not we're not we're not giving this the full like backing, but there may be extensions coming for Nico and Hap mm-hmm. before Cubs Convention. I Get already not a
3: birdie, not a confirm a confirmation. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a confirm a It's a buzz, at least. The Nico be...
1: one's a no-brainer to me. The yeah, me a,
2: too. That's yeah, a no doubt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Half, mm-hmm. I could go either way. They had the one great year, so you're rewarding it, but I feel like if I don't know, it'd be the time to sell high if you're going to yeah. trade
1: yeah. it. Nico's a no-brainer, but half, it's like, eh. Okay, that doesn't really get me as fired up. Depends what the
2: numbers it. are too Maybe it's right. like a three year deal And it's pretty good price right. but you, luck a them
1: up. You, you
3: luck yeah. them up with Swanson And so you have the best defensive middle infield in baseball For five years, six years Boom, let's rock
1: I'm just saying, that's the Han special, man Announce that shit right before a fan conference Get everybody fired up Mm-hmm. And yeah It's pretty pretty standard there So uh, about all I got for this week, fellas yeah, it was. Not much going on this week.
2: No.
3: Dudes are ramping up their workouts. Pitchers are, are starting doing? to throw off the ground. 44 yeah, getting,
1: days away from the first spring training game.
3: They're starting to get off the mound a little bit. So yeah. that'll be – you're seen these guys starting to welch up a little bit. It's kind of fun this here in Vegas this time of year, depending on what program uh, – baseball program, the high school programs you have, because a lot of these guys – uh, right now, they're I think they're they're kind of congregating out at Liberty High School. Uh, that's where I think I see Tanner and some of those guys playing. I know at D.O., they go out to D.O. a lot. I'm sure that uh, uh, KB and Chasen, those guys are working out in their places too, like we talk about those guys. That, but they're about to have a Bonanza alumni game in a couple weeks. So those guys, are, Chasen's planning on pitching against the high school kids, which should be fun. Um, but those guys are all starting to ramp up and join these little high school programs where they can get their long toss in you get one of the program players, you know, the catchers, you can throw a pen to these guys, you know, you have to, you know, these guys, you know, it was great when these guys would come out. Cause you, you know, they dropped the guy like, here's an MLB gift card for 50 bucks. Thanks for catching my pens, you know, for me, you know, for these couple weeks, you know, I know it made your hand sore or whatever. They were really nice. It's really cool to see these guys in, in Vegas. They kind of cluster together. So a lot of the guys show up at the same place. So it's a, it's a fun experience for the kids around town too, to see that stuff, but they're all starting to ramp up now. It's, it's, it's past January 1st. So these guys, start getting out and, and out here at Wesley, they start getting outside. So it's, you know, and that's what I'm sure these guys are doing everywhere is now it's start, to, you're starting to throw maybe like 20 pitches, 20 pitch pens, you know, and then call it a day for, you know, a couple weeks here and start ramping up that, ramping up that V low. And then they're probably what 85% at this point velocity and just moving up and up.
1: Good. Tell them to come back on the show. We'll talk all about it.
3: Yeah. It's a fun time. This is, this is the, this is where they get better.
1: Oh, chase just, him on the fucking ball field with your phone and be like, come here, I'm doing this interview right now. Fuck
3: <coughs> who? Tanner. Oh, Tanner? I don't have to do that. I just send him the link and he can you know, jump on here from his uh his car again.
1: <laughs> that works for me. Well,
3: he's at home now, actually.
1: Well, well, that works he... for me. Either way. Maybe you can have him over, let him beat your ass in Madden, and then he can come on the show.
3: <sighs> I don't know. There we that. go. Hmm.
1: He's... Not very good at it. He found no, that out. he said when they he said when they're in their house in Scottsdale they, they play a lot of video games. Somebody mm-hmm. had to teach them
3: something. Well, I got to play him on our spring baseball trip,
1: so someone had to. Danny Mendick him. was showing them the ropes. He's probably they good at that. Yeah. Tell him, tell him to take like a sneaky iPhone video of Crochet's pen session.
3: Yeah. And, uh, well, not. They're not. They're not paired anymore because he's here. They're he he I left want, Arizona.
1: I want an exclusive video.
3: We'll get some. We'll get some exclusive stuff. We'll get to. hear someone's job.
1: Um, but yeah, you guys got anything else? Anything?
3: Well, I just want to thank Beef and those guys again for for Saturday night. That was a freaking amazing night, and it, it was, was awesome. awesome
1: that you came, dude. It really yeah. was. It was um, nice to
3: see everybody out there. People that I never got to meet in person, and you know, even if, if those of you that are maybe paying attention, you'll notice that some people that couldn't watch the show can watch the show now. Uh, <clears throat> So, uh, that, uh, the yeah. training wheels have been removed again.
1: Uh, yeah. You talk in person with people, all that shit. That's why I you know, don't get too caught up about that shit. So, uh, yeah, just got confirmation. All those living the good life down in Mexico. Things are good. As far as this show being able to be enjoyed on Spotify and other platforms, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a shot, but, uh. You got to give us a shot. You got to give us a shot. He's on the team for next year. Uh, why is Rickon trending right now? Dope.
2: Sometimes they fool me because it'll be trending for you, and I think it's like actually trending. I'm like, wow, Kevin Harvick in, uh, is trending again? And they're like, oh, wait. It's oh, it's,
1: it's so for me, are, are magical. People actually, are people actually upset that fucking Nelson Cruz signed with the Padres?
3: They listen oh. to
2: Chuck
1: Barfine's podcast. They, they
3: think he was an option. What is your four you mine says Matrigal, Captain Marvel, Rizzo, Ken Jong, the Astros, Resign, Gruden, Muncy, Flacco, Nemo, Herbert, and Stanton. Oh,
2: Stanton. There's That's you. an interesting. All right, mine. I got Magical, Tatis, Omaha, Rick Han, Jake Hager, Billy Donovan. Hey. I she, got.
1: Sierra Vista Kid. Woo. I have Rick Hahn, Patrick Kane, Nemo, Ken Jong. Uh, Magical oh, no. um, oh. <laughs> Patrick Patrick K Magical, Aaron Hicks, hashtag Evil Begins When, Shakira, Marvel Studios, Pritzker, Rick Han, Jacob Pol- Pol- Polto? Ken Kenjong, hashtag Padres, Seeger, and Unlimited PTO.
3: I'm actually sad that Jeff Beck isn't trending on my for you. Rest in peace. Oh
1: no, that's because it's the for you trending. If I just click trending in Chicago trends, number one, is George Santos, then Zach. Cause Levine oh. number three, Levine number four is Lori. Number five is I Heart awards.
3: <laughs> Mine's six AEW dynamite. Heat.
1: Number seven's <laughs> AEW dynamite.
3: Jeff Beck's two on mine. Sista's on B A B E T. Uh, hashtag moffs. Uh, Hashtag the challenge thirty-eight. Who else is on yeah. here? Teebs, popped up. He's twelve.
1: Yeah, mine is Chicago.
3: Who's my Jonathan Moxley? No, wait, no. Jake Hager's twenty fourth.
1: I don't want you alive. All right. Oh, let me uh, let me try to get this bad boy out so the the pubic can listen to it. But uh we'll iron out the NASCAR bet and wait, uh Bush. yeah. Thanks everybody for listening, following along with this. This is see Mitch. This episode, this was a hardcore off-season podcast. Like yeah. this is like the definition of off-season.
2: That's podcast. one of those grinded out. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. It wasn't always
1: pretty, yeah. but you know, no, we got, but we like, got an hour and a half out of it. Exactly. Uh But oh, dude, did you want to do an NASCAR minute? My bad. All right,
2: uh, I got one for what you could expect from a Coca-Cola 600. But if we right, hold to the race, then
1: oh yeah, we're good. so hold on to that. Let's, yeah, so yeah, you know, we hold can on to that. the brakes. All right, so for NASCAR Mitch, that's the good Reverend Fids. I'm Southside Zoe. Be good to each other, everybody. We'll see you guys next week.